Presented by Climate Power Education Fund. Does big oil care about our streets flooding or our homes burning? Not according to an ExxonMobil top lobbyist. Did we aggressively fight against um, uh, some of the science? Uh, yes. You know, we were looking out for our shareholders. They care about profits, not people. Learn more at polluters.exposed. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. Hi, welcome to Wonderful and Strange. I'm PJ. I'm Celia. And this week we are doing 2015's Crimson Peak, directed by Guillermo del Toro. But before we do that, what have you been up to this week? Not a lot. Not a lot. Well, I put my recycling out for the bin bin. It's the highlight of the day. (laughs) That's the highlight of the day. Actually, I broke, we broke the bathroom door. Well, the bathroom door fell to pieces. The handle. I was going to um, say, was it like the full door? Did you kick through no, it? No, it's just the handle. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. So I'm going to replace that. That's my main activity. Handyman work. Yeah, but I haven't done it. It's not something I've done yet. I just have. It's something I need to do. I haven't done yet. It's pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Well, we'll see. It's just putting the because like because it'll all be like channeled in to get the stuff yeah. in. So it's just taking it out and putting it in. Yeah. yeah. I just need to do it without. Uh, making any compromises yeah with minimal drama fix something i'm like well i've got this stuff rather than buying the correct thing i'll just freestyle it (laughs) oh rob could never live with you he'd be so stressed (laughs) (laughs) what is this why is this different to everything else what is going on i really wanted the door handle to be like a giant crystal (laughs) like the crystal maze yeah but i couldn't get one like that unfortunately well, no, I could, but just not cheaply. When we went to the... Uh, we did the experience in Manchester mm. from a friend's Hindu, and I really wanted that to buy a crystal. Good. It was good? so good. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was really good fun. I'd go again, definitely. I really want to have a go. But I really yeah. wanted to buy a crystal. crystal was great, wasn't it? Oh, it was so good. Do you watch it now? Do you watch the ones now with Richard Iwadi? It's really good. I would think I think they would be good. I just haven't got around to watching them. Yeah, he's he's actually really good because yeah. he's got that kind of like sarcastic tone about him, which is quite <laughs> amusing. It's really funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he wears some really so good. good suits. I loved the ocean zone 
Remember when they introduced yeah. the ocean zone? That was good. My favourite was always the Aztec zone, I think. I liked, yeah. Aztec yeah. was my favourite. Um, didn't like... I didn't really like industrial, industrial futures or medieval. No. I liked medieval no. when he was always talking about Mumsy. Wasn't she? Mumsy, yeah. Mumsy. Oh Mumsy. When I used to watch it when I was young, I <laughs> thought that she was his real mum. <laughs> I could believe it. Yeah, because he called it I thought that um, To be honest, I probably did. Yeah. I thought he genuinely lived there. And that was his mum. Again, I could believe and that it. Was his house, and he just had people around to his house to solve his riddles. I could believe it. I could absolutely believe Honestly. it. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I loved it. Well, it was great. Because he called her mumsy, and I was like, that means she must be his mum. She has to be his mum. She must. No be. one would call it anyone their mum if they weren't. Fictitious. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so good. Honestly. Love it. So the things he believed. Maybe when, uh, when you're young. I know. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Maybe when uh, when everything goes back to normal and things open again, we should crystal maze. We should. It'd be good. Oh, definitely. Yes. Do you get to wear a jumpsuit? No, you get bomber jackets. Oh, oh well, no, I'd, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Did you not think that? You know, at the end, when they used to collect the tickets in the Crystal Dome? Yeah. And um, if they had enough gold ones, they'd win the big prize. Mm-hmm. And the big prize was always like an afternoon bird watching it wasn't like a good prize was it really afternoon tea and it's like the prizes weren't that good (laughs) for the amount of effort that you put in yeah i suppose it's about the enjoyment it's about getting the little crystal it's about getting the crystal at the end for participating it's all about that i wonder if you can buy them on ebay i bet you can you can buy them at the place because i really want i really want one i'm gonna get one one day do it do it. Yeah. Oh, that could be a trinket for my shelf. Mmm, interesting. I love a, I love a trinket. I love a trinket. I bought I a crocheted a, a crocheted bee the other day. This is what's happening. Lockdown life. I'm like, I need a crocheted bee in my life. Do you know what? This lockdown. It's really good. <laughs> as difficult as it has been, if you are determined to see the positive side, there's so many skills and crafts that are becoming popular again. Yeah. Now, like music, art writing crafts mm-hmm. people are rediscovering all these this stuff it's great yeah. i think it's because people actually have time to do stuff now yeah because they're basically being forced to slow down and not do anything so it's like yeah i always enjoyed that hobby that i did once that i never had time to do i'm gonna take it up again which is good it is good it's a well, time to be like creative me, got like 100 projects and none of them are done well, just all started, none of them finished. <laughs> Complete. I've got a diamond painting that I need to finish. Ooh. I've already done one, but I've got another one to do. It's really good. Can you get those custom? So you send off an image and then they turn it into... Um, Probably. There must be somewhere that does it, I would think. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be quite cool, wouldn't it? I'll get one of D. Yeah. Yeah, why not? You could get one of anything. could get one of anything. You could get one of, like, the first carrot that grows in your garden. That's yeah. Like a commemorative... Commemorative crystal. piece. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would you, though? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? I feel like lockdown, okay. anything's possible, so it's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why not? The trivial becomes sublime Exactly. Lockdown, You've so. got to enjoy the little yeah. things, haven't you? What have I done this week? We had an afternoon tea Ooh. on Valentine's Day because I, I thought that'd be nice. So we had a little yeah, yeah, a little afternoon tea. 
whilst whilst watching a programme about castles on Netflix and I was like, what have we That's become? Great. It was really good. It was about Lancaster Castle and it was really interesting. Mm. Yeah, I liked it. It was I, good. It is- History is so much more interesting than fiction sometimes, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, so much more terrifying. Oh, it's gruesome. It's gruesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, history was a scary place. I think well, there's... I mean, everywhere can be scary, but... Yeah, I think you... there's like two... There's two seasons of it, I think, so I'm going to watch yeah. the other ones. So there's like Edinburgh Castle and Cardiff Castle and all the, all the castles. I think there's a... Is there a York one? York Castle? There is a castle in York... There we go. Um, I'm doing that voice. So I'm trying to remember something whilst talking, and it makes my voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I forget Clifford Tower or something. Yeah, that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I believe there's a, a tree that used to hang people. Yeah, probably. But it's like it would like, be like York's um, full of history. York's amazing. It'd be like uh, Gallows Hill at Lancaster, isn't it? Mm. Like up by the park, because they used to go. They used to walk up to the park, and they'd be able to stop in the Golden Lion for a drink. And that was like the last drink before they died. Yeah. How bleak is history that? History was just did brutal. You, did you ever watch um, Horrible Histories when you were a kid? I <gasps> watched it. Oh, it was so good. It, it focused on the kind of sort of gross and, and grim yeah. bits of history. It was great. I loved it. Well, they wouldn't have been short of materials. I know, it's crazy, Goodness. isn't it? What else have I done? I watched the, um, the documentary about the Hotel Cecil as well. Oh. Yeah. Mm. What I what I didn't understand about that was there was people who um who like stayed in this hotel who were like oh we booked it because it was very cheap and then turned up and it was like the seventh circle of hell basically and they were like why what what is this do you not research places before you go to them yeah oh my goodness of course yeah but if also you go to a hotel in a city that you don't know you at least. Look have a look. look at the area. But like, I've never been to I've never been to Los Angeles. I've never been to America. But I kind of know that downtown isn't the best area. And then you've got like the Skid Row area and stuff. Mm. And it and it's it's not it's not a secret. Like it's common knowledge. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you definitely need to. So you'd be like, research where you going? Where is that? Look at this map. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, and also. Well, no, they maybe didn't know because I know it was renamed the hotel, but it's like an infamous place. It's an infamous place, so you must know about it. But it's real. It is interesting. It's worth a watch anyway. Yeah, stuff like that. It is. It's interest. It is really interesting, and I think like sometimes stories like that do warrant being shared because it it is intriguing to me. But I also think. It's a bit sad. Yeah. Because the lady died. Yeah. And I don't, it's, yeah, it's hard to, the, the line between entertainment and yeah remembrance mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. delicate. But having said that, I've not even watched it, so I don't actually know what it's like. Yeah, it is interesting. I don't think it's, it's it's kind of a weird, it's a weird one without sort of spoiling mm. it, but yeah, it is worth a watch. I love a good Netflix documentary. Do- documentaries are great. They just, like draw you in and you just sit there and watch them yeah like I, started... the time I was supposed to go out somewhere this before lockdown i was supposed to meet someone was it when you in. started watching brass yeah i watched the whole thing <laughs> yeah. i start watching a documentary about brass <laughs> to be fair i watched that and it was incredible like one of them is just really not on this planet really, i'm not into but i i was too young really for i liked brass yeah but like one of one of them's just not on this planet. Like he has no idea, and the one other the, one's like, like "What are you even?" Twins have personalities that seem so, so different. One of them was like 
can't remember which one. Mature, sensible, kind of. Is it Luke? uh, Is he called Luke? Like an outlook on life that was based in reality. And him was like. He's just off this planet, yeah. I know. It was crazy. It was good yeah. though. I started watching oh, that um that Danny Trejo documentary the other day as well. Oh, that yeah. was interesting. Like he's had a he's had a colourful life. That. Definitely. Like he was really into yeah. some like bad stuff and then ended yeah. up in prison and stuff and now like he's like a big film star he basically. Does old El Paso adverts. He does do old El Paso adverts. Yeah. Machete. I've not tried those what is it, stand and stuff? Stand and stuff. Mm. Not tried them. The little boat ones. The nice, yeah, we get them. Mm. The nice, yeah. I yeah. tried making tortillas myself. And, oh. Um, well, there's a very fine line between turning them into crisps and making them nice and soft. <laughs> it turns it's out. A, it's a piece of advice. <laughs> you, you spend hours kneading, mix, mixing it, kneading the dough, rolling them out, perfect thickness, only to turn them into a cars table water biscuit. Copper dump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Well, you know, it's you're trying I tried. it. You're trying I tried, it. Didn't I? Yeah. Thing is, the more you do it, the better at it you'll get. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever watched that? Um, some Netflix Chef's Table Barbecue Edition. No. There's one. It's quite interesting. I only watched this one. About, um, I forget the region in the, in the Yucatan in this um, small village where the families there have been making tortillas and stuff like that the same mm. way for generations, and this chef discovered it. And it was like the most amazing food he'd ever had. Mm. So it sort of she got a bit of notoriety or whatever. And now her house is the same, her kitchen is the same, but she's just put a table up outside, and visitors can come and try it. Oh really? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. She she was making tortillas, and I was like, well, I am not up to that level. <laughs> yeah, but she's probably been making tortillas like all of her life. Yeah, I did it once. I did it once. It wasn't for me. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love stuff like anyway. that. It's great. Like, the, you know, you can get all these fancy restaurants and whatever, but really, like, what it boils down to is, like, a nice little old lady with a table outside her house. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's probably better than yeah. anything you could get in a restaurant. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, fancy restaurants sort of have their place, but it's not the be-all and end-all of... <laughs> Cuisine. ...dining or restaurant or food, whatever. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we got a bit deep there, didn't we? Oh, yeah. So... What another thing we did this week is we watched Crimson Peak, which was from 2015 and was directed by Pappy McPoyle himself, Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Pappy what? Pappy McPoyle. He's in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh. Is it? You know the McPoyle brothers with the monobrows? He's their dad. It's amazing. (laughs) It's funny. It's so funny. (laughs) I love him. It scored a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. And the synopsis is, Edith Cushing marries a man named Thomas Sharp and goes to live with him, but all is not as it seems in Crimson Peak. Well, it's not. it seems like a creepy old house, and that is actually and true. And that is actually true, yeah. So, in a way, first impressions are right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, it was shot in 68 days, apparently. Quite a short, quite a short film, I guess, short, yeah. yeah. And it, I remember, like, when it came out, the adverts and trailers and stuff, like, advertise it as, like, a full-on horror story, but it's not really. It's like a gothic... It's like a sort of gothic tale it's like, that's kind of horror-adjacent. It's adjacent. Sort of like a gothic thriller with horror visuals. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Emma Stone was originally cast as Edith, but she had to pull out because of, like, 
uh, scheduling conflicts or something like that. I forget, I forget this this girl's name. Is it Mia? It's like Mia Wachowski or something like that. I think yeah. she was in. I think she was in a film called Stoker, which we should cover on the podcast. It's really good. It's like Wait, is um, that about Dracula. It's not. It's nothing to oh. do with Dracula. Is it's, it about a coal coal fired train? No. It's no. um. I think has it got Nicole Kidman in it? Might have Nicole Kidman in it. And it's and it's her and a new husband, but like her daughter or something like that. I've I saw it ages ago, but I can't really remember it. But it's mm. kind of like a thrillery sort of thing. It's okay. good. Yeah. So before we start, there will be spoilers for this. So if you've not watched it, I suggest that you watch it first and then come back to us. So we start with the Universal logo, which is all red. Everything's red. I do like, I kind of yeah. like, I like Universal because they like change up their sort of logo in correspondence to the film, which is quite mm. nice. I enjoy that. So then we get this, It's it kind of goes all to red and then we get the sort of, it's like a blue tinge almost. And we get Edith, which is at the end of the film, which we don't realise at this time. And she's kind of got blood on her and she looks quite distressed by something. Well, just, yeah. Yeah. So she says ghosts are real this much i know and then she starts saying that she saw one she saw one when she was 10 years old because her mother her mother died of cholera yeah it's a like a it's is it sort of victorian period i'm guessing i it's think like, it was like turn of the century time, yeah time so between like 1890 and like nine maybe like 1895 1905 between so like them. yeah so like sort of people were sort of dying of things yeah. But basically, yeah, it's like her mum. Her mum died, but she came back. Ugh. So it cuts it was, to. I thought it was. It's sad. It sets up the like gothicness, but it's the really, one thing it's I thought sad. was nice. It is sad. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way that because quite often in Victorian sort of portrayals, mm. people are really like stiff upper lip type thing. Yeah. Um, but I like the way she was. Li- Edith was little, and the dad was like had his hand on her shoulder to, like, mm. be nice to her at yeah. the funeral. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, I like that dad. He's a good dad. He's a good dad. He was a good dad. Or not. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's little, little tiny girl Edith, and she's in bed, and she sees a figure in the distance, and it's like a sort of dark, shadowy figure. And then it turns out, we find out that it's the ghost of her mother, basically. And she gets this hand on her from this ghost and she says beware of crimson peak why has it got such long fingers i don't know yeah it's uh doug jones portrayed lady sharp and <laughs> edith's mother so he's like the ghost he's like a ghost he's he's done a lot of work for um for guillermo del toro i think yeah i'm not sure if he was in mama i think he was mama in mama and he did sometimes ghost acting is physical yeah it's kind of they've kind of used a person but then also use cgi to make it look otherworldly which i thought it was done really well to be fair but he um he's worked with him a lot i think he was he was in i think he was in pan's labyrinth as well as the weird like hand eye guy yeah yeah and i think he was the fish man in shape of water as well Mm. I've seen neither, but I, they're both on my list. He's basically, a, yeah, he, he's, he's like a creature person. He he does like, he's always like the guy who they go to with sort of, you know, it's going to be a lot of prosthetics and whatnot yeah. and 
But he's you know quite happy to do it. Though? Like with the the ghost of the mother character mm. who came to give her a warning. Yeah. Like if you want to give someone a warning, give them a whole story. Be cryptic. Be like, "This is your mum. I just want to say, don't go to Crimson Peak. I've got to go." This like, guy, this guy's going to come straight. and want to marry her. I've no what to do with him. Yeah. Tell yeah. Straight. If the ghost knows something and she wants to pass on a warning, don't tell half the story. Don't terrify her. Yeah, exactly. And say something cryptic that she doesn't remember. Be like, "Don't forget. Don't go." Like, yeah. That's it. Yeah, exactly. But, well, I so, mean, it's a, that, it doesn't work that way in films because films need to be cryptic. Yeah, so she says, so she she's kind of she's kind of voiceover in this this encounter that she had with this ghost. She said it's years before I heard such a voice, and I understood it when it was too late because she mm. didn't tell her a full story. Didn't and then, tell it straight, yeah. And then you get the uh, title card of Crimson Peak, and it's fourteen years later, and we've got grown up Edith. She's talking to Alan, who is Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. Who, she should have just married him straight away. He was a nice guy. She should have married yeah. him. But she was she was absolutely friend-zoning the shit out of that guy. She was just like, no, 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 nothing to do with you. I can't, I can't take Charlie Hunnam seriously because every time I see him, I'm just like, you were Nathan in Queer as Folk and you were really annoying in it. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't do it. So... He's he's setting up his practice because he's a I think he's an ophthalmologist, isn't he? And, so uh, he seems to be an eye an eye man. Yeah. yeah. So he he's doing that, and I think I feel like he's kind of showing off a bit to Edith and being like, "Look how smart I am! Oh, I've got my own mm. surgery and stuff." And then uh, his mum comes and throws some shade at her because I feel like they don't really like each other. And I she's think she's like nice on the surface, uh, horrible on the inside, isn't she? It's so pa- like passive aggressive, like mm. horribleness. And I re- I was thinking like I really like Edith in this because she is her own woman, and she's yeah. not like a standard like a, a woman of that time. You know, they just be quiet yeah. and sit in a corner and and whatever. But so. she's also not um, like snide remark. She's like. Mm-hmm. She's pretty. She's relatively straightforward. Yeah, definitely. She. We we find out that she's a keen writer, and she. I think she is trying to sell a book to a book publishing company. Did you notice the actor who played the publisher was? Um, I think it's Jonathan Hyde. He was in Jumanji, and he was Cadbury in Richie Rich. I think it was him. Really? Now. Yeah, I might have to check that. And but... Anaconda. Anaconda. We need to cover that. Love Anaconda. It's so good, isn't it? It's terrible, so but amazing. Good. I remember when the snake goes past and the man's face is in, in the thing. Snake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she, yeah, she's trying to sort of sell his book and he's like, oh, you're writing a ghost story, are you? And then she's kind of saying, well, it's not a ghost story. It's a story that happens to have a ghost in it. Which is basically the film. Which is basically the film. It does have ghosts in it, but they're not actually the story. They're not the the evil element. Yeah. Yeah. So she she says it's um she says about this story and then he's basically like, Oh, you're a woman. Why don't you write a love story? And she kinda gets really annoyed because like she's not being taken seriously at all. And then uh, she she goes to her dad, doesn't she? And he's like, oh, I bought you this nice pen so you can write your stories, Mm. which I thought was nice because he's encouraging her to do what she wants to do. And then she's like, can I type it? 
in your office. And he's like, why? And she's like, well, I feel like if I write it by hand, my handwriting will give me away as a woman. So if I type it up, it's kind of ambiguous as to who has written it and I might be taken more seriously as a as a writer yeah. kind of thing. And I like Which I feel that, like was like, a thing. Well, who am I to stand in your way? You crack on, love, yeah. I feel yeah. like... Was that like like people wrote under like assumed names, didn't they, to mm. get... But that's probably why, so they get taken more seriously. I think books do have like a different perception. Yeah. If, that's why a lot of authors have na- names like initials. Yeah. For the ones going above and beyond. For the ones reaching out, helping out, and lending a hand. For the ones people count on. You can count on Granger. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, backed by 24-7 customer support and specialists to help with hard-to-find products. Because you've got everyone's back, we've got yours. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. New hot and iced Sunrise Batch Coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or re-hung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Because it's kind of, it can be ambiguous as to whether... Yeah, because any woman. author could write any type of book and yeah. anyone could enjoy it. It yeah. doesn't matter. But, because it depends on your writing skill, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's it. I would definitely have a pseudonym if I was an author. It would be really enigmatic. Yeah. <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien. Tolkien. I don't think you could use that one. I think that's already taken. Damn it. We'll see. I'll we'll see. We'll like see. Epic. Something epic set in a fantasy Maybe Something with elves and dwarves. Thing. See if I can sell it. Yeah. yeah. So then she, so she's typing away at this in, in her dad's office. Like her dad must be quite wealthy and and has a big business and stuff, doesn't he? He's he's doing all right for himself. Like then we meet Thomas Sharp, which is old Tom Hiddleston. Mm. Old I didn't Loki. realize Tom Hiddleston was in this till I I watched it, and as soon as he appeared, I was like, well, he's the villain. He's the villain. He's no. He's good. very he charming. I feel like he's very charming as Tom Hiddleston. He's too. He's too. Char- I don't know what the man, the actor himself, yeah. is like. But in this, I was like, he's just too charming. He's too damn charming. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I like Tom Hiddleston, but I went off him a bit when he started going out with Taylor Swift because that was all a bit of a weird time, and I was like, I don't understand mm-hmm. this. But and he went a bit weird. But yeah, he's alright. Really, I don't know him really as an actor at yeah. all. Like I, he's, I've not seen a lot of him, but. He's good as Loki. He is too charming. He is too charming. I feel like he was good for the role, though. They picked a really good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he, he was a he good did fit. A good job. Yeah, because his character was so, like that. So he he comes in and he comes in for this meeting with a dad, and he looks at this book and he's like, "Oh, this is a good book. I wonder who wrote this kind of thing." And she's like, "Well, I wrote it." And he's like, "Oh." And then does he says that he likes ghosts? Hmm? Like, does does he know that she wrote it? And this yeah. is just the first. Well, she tells him. him charming her. Yeah, she tells him, because I think he's like, oh, who I wrote this? And then she's like, I wrote it. And he's like, oh, it's really good. I'm into uh, ghosts. So that was was that a chance meeting that piqued his attention, or did he tag, like, Chance no? meeting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, was, she was marked as soon as, because basically she's, like, from a rich family, isn't she? And that's yeah. what they go for, kind of thing. 
So he starts talking about the sharp mines and they are suppliers of red clay. And he wants to build this big mining machine, basically, but needs funding for a full-scale model because they're like, have you built it? And he's like, well, I've built this tiny one that works, but I need money to carry on. It's like it's like the very early versions of Kickstarter, isn't it? Mm. So so he's like, I've tried all over to get funding and, and then uh, the, da- the dad's not so sure about him because then he says... He starts talking about like when he worked and how his hands are really rough and yeah. like a worker's hands are rough and he was like, you have never worked a day in your life because you've got soft hands, little baby hands. <laughs> and, he, and he basically says like, it's basically like you get things that you want through effort, not by privilege, which I think is mm. a good lesson to learn. Yeah, but Even Tom, how privileged or not you are, you still need to make Tom is annoyed. Also, I loved it that his name is just Thomas. Yeah. So I was like, that's easy to remember, because it's his name. Then it goes back to Edith and Dad's house. They are filthy rich, because that house is massive. And the dad's going to a party. And then uh, then I think he sort of says, oh, that Tom will be there or whatever. And he's like, I just don't like him. But she clearly likes him, because he's a handsome, charming man. Because he's a charming chap. And he said that he liked her book, so she's like, I like you. You like my book. She was. She sort of says that she gets the idea that he was wealthy at some stage because his clothes are designer, but they're old. Yeah. And it's kind of that, like, he, he maybe was wealthy, but he's not as wealthy as he used to be kind of thing. Faded grandeur. Yeah. And then uh, Alan turns up, old uh, Charlie Hunnam, and then he's like, oh, are you, uh, you coming to this party? And she's like, no, I don't want to. She's quite stubborn. I feel like she knows her own mind mm. and she'll do what she wants. So she decides to stay at home and they go to this party and she does some reading. She's sat reading in bed or whatever, isn't she? And she hears a noise and I think it's the door, isn't it? The, like the door handle's going yeah. crazy and then it opens and she's like, well, that's weird. I'll go and check. Nope. I'd have been like, I'm going to carry on reading this book. If there are any ghosts in here, you can go away right now. I'm not <laughs> in the mood. So she does see this, she sees this ghost again that she saw when she was younger i think and then she's like Whoa, what do you want and then basically she gets beware of crimson peak again yeah. and she's pretty scared and then um the maid comes in and she's like freaking out and she's like uh yeah. there's some guy downstairs who wants to talk to you called thomas somebody right so at this point she's just been given a warning beware of crimson peak the man who's going to take her to crimson peak arrives within minutes is that not... But she doesn't know that he's anything to yeah. do with Crimson oh, Peak. Oh, it's a... If the mum had been like, the man downstairs, no good. Do not go this with this man because he's bad news. Do not. Yeah, just... Well, it's more... Put it on a plate. It's more his, so it's more his sister, really, isn't it? But it's kind of... Yeah. Yeah, she's like, yeah, he's at the door, he wants to speak to you, and he's quite pushy. So she goes down and she's like, well, why are you here? What are you, what are you doing? And... She's like, my dad's just left. And he's like, well, I wanted to talk to you, actually. I, wait, I waited till your dad left. That's a bit Dodgy. of a warning sign as Dodgy. well, just in general. Avoiding the, the dad. Yeah. You don't need a ghost to tell you, that's weird. That's it. So he's like, oh, I'm going to this party. I need your help. So then, in the end, she's like, ah, I'll go to this party with you then. I wasn't going to go, but I have just been attacked by a ghost. So maybe I will get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll leave. It's a good idea. So then... Uh, <laughs> then I put piano jams 
at party. And Jessica Chastain with brown hair, which doesn't make any sense at all. Very strange. Mm. She looks really weird. I didn't realise it was her quite at first, even though I've seen her in a few things. But she looks really strange with dark hair, doesn't she? She's different, doesn't she? Yeah, it's really weird. So I feel like, yeah, she's playing this piano in front of everybody at this party because like that was like the the party piece of the day wasn't it you know it's like oh i'll do a piano yeah very good recital so there's like um all all through like the film is gorgeous like everything just looks yeah. beautiful because it's it's his kind of aesthetic and it? it just yeah. it's just lovely he does such visually like yeah the visually the film's really really good mm. the characters were a bit mean but visually... But visually, great. gorgeous, yes. Yeah, yeah, you can't fault the imagery of <laughs> but it. But it's like the the sort of colours of, like, she's very dark colours and there's mm. and, and all the way through this first bit until they get to Crimson Peak, there's no red in the colour palette apart from her dress. That's the only thing that's yeah. red. And then, like, Edith is, like, she's got all this, like, golden hair and she's very, golden, like, white light and, and, like... Yeah. Light colour, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's quite interesting that like no re- no red apart from her dress, which I thought was quite good. Um, so even even if you're not very good at listening to messages, there is a visual message. Visual like, cues. Perhaps don't go. Yeah. So um, Edith and Tom show up at this party and she introduces Tom to Alan, who is not keen because obviously he's stepping on his territory here because he wants yeah. to marry Edith. Uh, the sister's playing a piano and then uh, Edith apologises to Alan's mum for being sassy with her before. And then uh, she's like, oh, I'll make sure you find your place. All right, just apologise to you. That's why I don't like yeah. you. Then uh, Tom decides to introduce everyone to the waltz because, again, yeah. it's another, it's another. I'm going to show off, I'm going to do my party piece, I'm going to do a waltz, everybody. And then uh, Vic- Victorian scandal asks Edith to waltz with him and everyone's like ah, the shock it's so funny and then I put they flirt waltz which is what they were doing and then it's something to do with a candle is a candle and if you do a, do a good waltz it doesn't yeah, go out because you've got to be yeah, like oh. quite steady haven't you with your hands I was never meant to be a waltz I'd blow it out before it even I started do- well apparently it was a double wicked candle um, so it didn't go out but they actually did manage to do it without it going out. So I'd need one of those like, automatic good. tea lights that you switch on at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. But I was thinking, if light. you're dancing with a candle, right, but you but you don't let it go out, so it's going to burn, the wax is going to run down your wax hand. Also, you're not going to set everyone's hair on fire as you twirl around the room. Everyone There's a lot of layers and you know, clothes. and like, oh, the hair's going to be a flame. Yeah. Hair, clothes... Mm. Petticoats. That's worse than the murders, that crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love it. Like, apparently she's never done this before, but she is immediately good at waltzing. Mm. And I was like, it reminded me, have you ever seen uh, the musical The King and I? No. Well, the, the, there's a bit in that where they waltz and she teaches him how to waltz and basically <sighs> says that the steps are one, two, three, and. So then I was thinking, one, two, three, and. One, two, three, and. One, two, three, and. So she's immediately amazing at this waltz and everyone claps. The dad looks furious. And then uh, dad's dad's in the bathroom. I feel like it was their bathroom. It was a big bathroom. Well, yeah, I it was like a spa house. It was like it was a, a public 
It's like toilets, a like with stalls. It's like a bathhouse almost, wasn't it? Yeah, and he had his some of his staff were, and he was yeah. shaving, and I was like, "Is this the next morning?" Are you shaving at someone else's house? <laughs> That's yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a bit confusing. But, I think um, it was his own. I think it was their own sort of bathhouse thing in the in the somewhere i don't know yeah but anyway he uh he hires this guy who's like a pi to look into tom and his sister because he doesn't like him good idea good yeah. thinking yeah definitely and then it goes back to alan's doctor's office and edith visits and she's looking at ibooks that i said she was like oh ibooks because <laughs> obviously she's quite well read and she's quite like into learning and stuff and, uh, and then he starts talking about ghost photography because obviously he knows that she likes ghosts. So he's like, I'm going to interest her with ghost photography. She's going to love it. Yeah. And it's, um, it's talking about like latent images and he basically shows her these pictures of like people but then there's like people in the background and stuff. Mm. It's, really, it's really creepy actually. I was like, oh. I think though, no, the photography... Um... The technology at the time, I think, did create odd things in the background. It was something to do with, like, exposure and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. That created, like... And you could fake stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. But it would look real. It was like the, um... People didn't understand how the the... time-lapse thing on the photo worked or whatever, yeah. It's like the, um... Oh, God. What was it called? The Cottingley Fairies, where that... that Somebody, like, doctored a picture and stuff. But yeah. but yeah, she's she's enjoying about this uh, ghost chat. She's loving it. And then he's basically like, I think you should be cautious of the sharps. I don't trust them. I think so. This is it. Like, everyone is warning her otherwise. But I feel like because she's really, really stubborn, she's just like, I'm going to do my own thing and do what I want because, yeah. you know, whatever. So then we cut to a Victorian date, Edith and Tom, just walking. He's reading her stuff. And then she meets up with his sister, Lucille, which is Jessica Chastain. Mm. And she is talking about butterflies. Because I think she's got... um, She's like found a chrysalis or something, hasn't she? And she's like, it's soon to be a butterfly. And there's loads of dead butterflies on the ground. And she's like, well, they don't live very long. So it's their nature to not, you know, that's how it is kind of thing. She says... Where she was like, we only have black moths. Black moths. We have black moths that feed on butterflies. Eat butterflies. And she's... So it's clearly Edith is a butterfly, she's a black moth. Because she's dressed in like yellow and stuff and then she's in really dark colours, isn't she? Yeah. But I was like, moths? Nope. Yeah. I hate moths. I I found it quite disturbing when she put that butterfly down and the ants ate it and they ate its little eyes and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Mm. I don't like where things are helpless and they're being attacked. Yeah. It just makes me really feel sympathy for them, but there's nothing I can do. But she's Which the, I suppose is what the film wants. She's the butterfly. So, yeah, so she's... I think she's having a chat with her brother, isn't she, at this point, like, in private, and she's saying, is this yeah. the right choice? She's a child. And then he says, I'll need, I'll need the ring. Because it's like this big opal ring or something, and it? it's like a fire it's opal or something. It looks something, like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And she says it's the last thing left to sell. And then he says something about buying something with it. So he's like kind of buying her with this ring, I guess, which is horrible. Mm. In the meantime, 
the dad's investigator has been on the case and he's got an envelope for him. So then it cuts to Tom and he's got this ring and uh, Edith goes to get her dad because he wants to speak with him. And he's like, I want to speak with you and your sister. And then he's, he basically says, I don't like you. I just don't like you. He's, he's very forthcoming about it. He's like, I don't like you. You're being social with my daughter. What You know, you're playing the part well, but this document gave me the answer that I needed. Yeah. And then he's like, Edith doesn't know, but I'm going to tell her. We can end this now. I'm going to write you a cheque and you can go back to England and go. get out of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, the only stipulation is you've got to really sell it and upset her. So she never wants anything to do with you, basically. Why can he not just tell his daughter the information that he's discovered? I think it's because if he sort of says, I've been snooping, yeah, I've been snooping Mm. up, she'll be like, oh, well, that's... Yeah, he did kind of go behind her back in the snooping, but he was right. Yeah, I think it's kind of, if it comes from him, she's just going to be like, well, you just don't like him, so you're telling me this stuff because you don't like him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because young girls, or young children... Adult children can yeah. be rebellious. And if their parents, like, don't you do this, they, like, would immediately go out and do it some, exactly. in some yeah. cases. So it's got to come not from me. him, My so she's like, like... don't do something. I'm like, oh, no, I wouldn't. I better not. <laughs> I'll never do it. Yeah, so basically, uh, he announces that he's leaving for England. And she's obviously upset, and she's like, where's all this come from? What's going on? And he basically is horrible to her and says that she's a spoilt little girl, is... Is mean to her about a book, hits her where it hurts, is like, your book is terrible and, I, and yeah. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. She's very sad. So then it cuts to the dad who's at this weird bathhouse place again, having a shave, mm. as you do. Oh, yeah, I, I was thinking, I was getting confused between the shaving this time. Yeah, I think it's just like, um, yeah. it must be like a like a bathhouse place or something. It's really weird. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but anyway... He says something about brunch and pot. He wants brunch and pot. And I was like, this sounds amazing. I'd love to be a rich Court person. In the morning. I'd love to be a rich person, yeah. I was watching... Um, little, I'll start with coffee and a little port. It was Sal- Sally Lindsay's like, posh sleepover or something like that I was watching. And she'd gone to this guy's house in Surrey. And they were mm. sat, like, uh, sat outside overlooking this gorgeous Surrey countryside, drinking Buck's Fizz and having brunch. And I was like, I could, get, I could do that. I could get used to that, yeah. That's the life that you want, isn't it? How I feel. Yeah, maybe give it a so try. He, yeah, so he's having a shave and minding his own business and he hears footsteps coming towards him. And he kind of goes to investigate and then comes back and the water's overflowing in the sink and he's like, oh, that's a bit mm. weird. And then it and then it kind of turns into a, like a giallo almost because a gloved hand killer comes. Yeah. And you don't know who it is. And basically grabs him and just smashes him into the sink. Oh, it's brutal. I, I watch that. It was horrible. It's really horrible. The, and the, the dad was I, really I nice. I, I, I sort of half watched it, half like yeah. didn't look. But like And the look on his face when he realised that he was gonna die was heartbreaking. But the thing is as well, I think he saw who it was as well. Mm. So So who was it? That's even worse. Was it a sister? Yes. Yeah. But we find that out later. Powerful. Powerful. She smashed his head so hard into the sink. The sink broke. Like, that is terrifying. But yeah, I like the dad, and I was really sad that he died. I, yeah, it, the, the thing, the thing about this film that I noticed as well was 
all these horrible things happen. So the dad was murdered. When it all comes out, everything that took place. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why has all this happened? Oh, because you, the, the pair brother and sister wanted more money. To fix a shit house. Just yeah. set fire to it it's and like have done with it. murdered someone's dad so that you can trick his daughter into marrying you so you can get your hands on his money. It's like, go oh, on, get a job. Get a job and fix just your roof. Leave your Don't even get me started about that house. Get a, just leave the house and get a proper job. Like, I get it, it's not easy to earn a living. But for goodness sake. But it's yeah. worse to murder people. Yeah, no, right. So then uh, a manuscript gets delivered with a letter. And it's from Tom to Edith. And he's like, I will be gone. I'm not in a position to provide for you. Your dad made me do it. He made me be mean to you. I'll prove myself, you know, when I can and I'll come back for you, blah, blah, blah. So then she decides to go and find him at the at the train station or something. And then he thinks, like, she, she sort of, I think she goes to his hotel, but he's gone and all this kind of stuff. But then he turns up, he's not quite left yet. And he's like, Lucille's gone back can't leave and then she basically gets this bad news that a dad has been murdered mm. and she has to go and identify the body which is horrible and i felt really sorry for yeah. her yeah oh it's horrible and Al- alan's there with her because alan is a good guy and he's like i'll yeah. do it i don't want you to have to do it but then they're like no you you can't do it it's got to be like a immediate family member and he's like i was his doctor for years yeah. i think i'd recognize him if i saw him but she like, as they're arguing, she just pulls the sheet back and looks and then is quite horrified and she's like, yep, that's definitely him. She, see, because she seems like she's very, very fragile, but she also demonstrates throughout that she's quite tough. Yeah, that's it. She's a good thing. But this bit made me really space. sad. This really upset me, this bit, because, like, she looks at him and they start, like, they sort of start messing with him or whatever they're doing. And she's mm. like, no, stop it. And then she sort of starts saying, like, he's turning 60 next week. And she holds his hand and she's like, his hand's really cold. And then she puts it under the sheet. And I was like, oh, that's so yeah, sad. sad. It made me so sad. It just, yeah, it's so heartbreaking. It is, and it's, it's horrible. Like, it's, it didn't need to happen. It just, mm-hmm. these brother and sister's selfishness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, it, we want money. And we want like, money oh, to well. fix our crap, dilapidated house. Ugh. Yeah. So then it's the, uh, the funeral and she's with Tom. And it pans down to a hand and she's got this ring on. So they're engaged uh, to be married now. And you're like, ugh. Oh, why no. Why the ghost of the dad team up with the ghost of her mum and be like, get out? Get out of there. <laughs> yeah. So then they get to Cumberland, England, to Allerdale Hall, to a tiny little dog who is adorable. I love that dog so much. Cute. so cute. Apparently, this film was shot in Canada. Hmm. And they built the mansion at the Pinewood Studios in Toronto. So they actually built the set of the mansion. Yeah. But I was like, that's really cool. I love that. The the mansion was so well done. Like, I mean, it was disgusting. It was disgusting. the way they made it disgusting was very, very well done. Yeah. So Imagine living in a place where when you touch the floorboards, red liquid oozes out of them. I'd have been like, I'm out. I'm going back to... America. I'm not having this. Plus, if, if you run a clay mine, why would you build a mansion on top of your clay mine? On top surely of clay? You, build... you would not build on top of clay, no. surely. It's sink. You build maybe 
some admin thing or like maybe a shed for spare parts for the machinery but you wouldn't build a mansion not build a mansion on it yeah exactly did you never did they never like have the the nursery rhyme about the guy who built his house on sand and it sunk and stuff like that i've never heard that i can't remember specifically how it went but it was basically a, a what not to do in building houses which they did not heed clearly isn't that the three little pigs or something no it's not it's something else did the three little pigs have houses? They had like stick houses and yeah twigs. Anyway, and, and then but then one built a brick house and it couldn't get blown over because he yeah. was smart. He'd have never have built his house on clay. They go inside this house and it's like, oh, let's go into this house. There's snow falling in the hall because there's a fucking great hole in the roof. I'd have been like, yeah. what have you brought me to? What is this? It's cold. It's dark. The wood's rotting, and he's basically like. Oh, the house is sinking. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Welcome home. Welcome home, wife. Here's your crap house. Ran out of propane? No need to drive to the store when you can get propane delivery straight to your door with Cinch. C-Y-N-C-H. Cinch brings the tanks to you. It's easy and convenient propane home delivery. Here's how it works. Go to cinch.com. That's C-Y-N-C-H.com. Enter your zip code, select your delivery date, and drop off location. It's really that easy. Just set your used tank out for pickup the night before your delivery, and Cinch handles the rest. There's no ongoing commitment when you try Cinch, and they accept any and all tank brands for exchange. Not a Cinch customer yet? What are you waiting for? New customers can get their first propane tank exchange for just $10 with promo code TANK10 at checkout. That's cynch.com, promo code TANK10. Turn up the heat this summer with Cinch. Ridiculously easy propane grill tank home delivery. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. Visit cynch.com slash offer for details. Presented by Climate Power Education Fund. Does big oil care about our streets flooding or our homes burning? Not according to an ExxonMobil top lobbyist. Did we aggressively fight against um, uh, some of the science? Uh, yes. You know, we were looking out for our shareholders. They care about profits, not people. Learn more at polluters.exposed. Sinking uh, and has holes in it. Just at what point? She'd be like, we'll move. We could have lived in my nice, non-rotting, yeah, collapsing house in America. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, what? I'd, oh, I'd have been raging. I'd be like, well, I didn't sign on for this. Let me tell you that for now. So she's like, how do you even manage in this house? What is what is happening? She sees like a load of flies on the side and she's just like, ugh, God. It's horrible. It's horrible. Well, I suppose in I Victorian, feel like in, in that time, they obviously had different standards. She, Yeah, but she's from a rich family. She's used to a certain standard of living and I feel like a yeah. hole in the roof is not it. That hole in the roof <laughs> just drove me insane. I was like, fix your roof. Yeah. And I thought... You're a pissing engineer. Like, you've been building all yeah. these parts. Get up there s- and fix the roof. Right. You built a, a sort of clay excavator. How about build Meanwhile, a roof? Fix your yeah. roof. Oh, honestly, it did my head in. There's there, there, <laughs> not a single aspect of his character that I was like, hmm. Yeah, I was yeah. just... But I feel like it's kind of... The house is kind of representative of their toxic, horrible relationship, isn't it? Basically, yeah. and it's crumbling. Yeah. So she, yeah, she's in this horrible house that is just the worst. 
and the little dog's running around and it's got a ball and it's really cute and she's just like oh little it dog. It is cute. Then she sees well, a woman did that in dog the lift. Belong to a previous wife. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She sees somebody in the lift and follows, but she can't see who it is. But they assume it's Lucille. But then he says the clay something about clay pits. Don't go below this level because uh, not good down there. But that's where they dump the bodies, so that's probably why. Uh... So Lucille turns up, and uh, I think she. I think Edith says, like, oh, can you uh, get a copy of the house keys? She's like, oh, well, you don't need them. Olivia, yeah, I do. Yeah. Worst comes to well, worst, so. I'll climb out of the hole in the roof. Oh, the yeah. Oh, she's like... That hole in the roof. Some areas are dangerous. You'll get to know them. It's like, if you've got an area of your house that's dangerous, fix it. Fix your house. Just fix your house. Fix your house. <sighs> My God, honestly. Even if you just patch it up. So that it's not a death trap. Exactly. But then the, fi- it, the film wouldn't be the same if it was it a nicely maintained... A semi. nicely maintained mansion. So. She decides that she's going to have a bath. And he says something about the water, doesn't he? Because obviously it's in this like red clay pit place. Like The yeah. water is running red because why wouldn't it? And then it's Lucille and Thomas talking and then she's like, I thought that dog was dead. And he's like, well, I set it free out there and... I don't know how it survived, it basically. That but it dog came would have been better off if it had just kept going. Yeah, that dog. I wonder. I'd like a separate film to see what happened to that dog while they were away. Yeah. I imagine it to be Maybe like that dog could be instrumental I... in somehow like <laughs> bringing down the stopping. Yeah, yeah. that'd I... be great. I imagine just it to be. Um... Characters a chihuahua. I imagine it to be like a Victorian version of the Littlest Hobo. <laughs> just a little chihuahua like running around Victorian England improving people's lives and then it went back there and was like oh I regret this now they, they're kind of talking about money and, and that she's got money and you cho- you basically chose her for getting the money so you know that there's bad plots afoot basically because yeah basically they just want they just want money to not fix a house so they is she yeah so she's having a bath and the dog comes in with this ball and she's playing fetch with the dog like while she's in the bath. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a... You know you've got a big house when you can play fetch with a dog from your bath. <laughs> yeah, no. It's having a beautiful time with this little dog. And uh, she... Yeah, so she, she sort of sat there and like all the way through there's all these like noises of the house. Like the house is alive. There's a lot of like groaning and sighing and... Like, creaky noises of this house. I'd be like, oh, God, I need to get out of here. But then it goes to complete silence, which is really weird. So she gets out of the bath and she see- there's, like, a figure in the shadows behind her, but she doesn't see it at this point. And then I think it's... Shri- oh, no, then she... I think she, like, turns around and it, like, screams in her face and disappears. And it's, like... What I thought it was was blood at first, but it isn't, is it? It's the clay, the red clay from... Oh. The underneath it must be because I assumed it was blood at first. Yeah. And then uh, the dog comes in to like play fetch, and she's like, "Well, where's your ball gone?" And it and it's and it's kind of looking at her like ball, and she's like, "Well, wh- where's your ball?" And then the ball rolls in by itself. The ghost balled the ball. It's probably her dog. The ghost. Yeah. It's probably her dog. Maybe it is. It reminded me of The Shining, like when yeah. like when uh, Danny's playing on the carpet and the ball rolls in. Do you not think it's interesting, though, in that... So the ghosts appear to warn 
um, Edith. Mm-hmm. But they they also obviously terrify her because it is really really terrifying yeah. image. Yeah. Why are they not appearing to Lucille and Tom to be like, why did you kill me, horrible pair? <laughs> you horrible pair, and you tried to kill my yeah. dog. <laughs> it's like there's loads of ghosts in the house, oh, them. and yet Lucille is just going on business as usual. I'm like those ghosts yeah. should be telling her off. They'd be like, get out! That I'd house, be like, woman. I'd be like, you killed me. I am gonna make your life a yeah. living hell in this house. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, can the ghosts not go to the police and be like, I was murdered. <laughs> was murdered i was murdered. I feel like they're kind of place. trapped in the house aren't they and it's like that yeah, kind of when it's, it's probably it's not as easy as that is when it? people it's, like, it's kind of when when people die in sort of a horrible fashion it's kind of like a it's almost like a fingerprints left on the house and they're kind of yeah. there isn't it yeah but um then she she's in this big room with thomas and he's lighting a fire because you know you've got to stay in these rooms that don't have holes in the roofs and then he he says something about the the way the east wind like blows through the house. It sounds like the house is breathing, and I was like, I'd have been like, hang on a second, what have you brought me to? <laughs> I'm not having this. I'm not having it. And they're they're sort of chatting in this room, and Lucille's watching them from the other side because you get you get the sense that she's a little bit jealous and. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Well, if she's jealous, maybe she should leave and and strike out on her own and have her own life rather than being in a weird toxic relationship with a house mm-hmm. and i feel like once edith gets to the house the house starts to like decay more and be more in a state of disrepair mm. so it's like the, their relationship of it, it's kind of breaking up isn't it and i think he i think he said as well did uh, guillermo del toro when he was making it he wanted it to look like mario Bava, so like his technical kind of work he was a a guy who did okay. like Jello and stuff, but um, I was like, not, I do. No, I'm not heard of him, but yeah, he's one of. It looks he, good. He's like one of them, but it's very, it's very. I, I sort of got the sort of Jello thing with the. Yeah. It was almost like Suspiria, you know, with like the really bold colours. Yeah. It kind of I, reminded I was, me of that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of that, but uh, she, yeah, she's gone to bed as Edith, and she wakes up to a piano, and it's Lucille. So she goes and follows the piano and she's sat playing this piano and she, she's like, oh, what are you playing? That's nice. And she's like, oh, it's a lullaby I used to sing to Thomas. And she sort of says, we were never allowed in this room because she was like, oh, your parents must have been, like, must have liked, you know, the piano and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, we're never allowed in here. And then says um, she was put in the attic. Her and her and him were in the attic, like, or something. And I was like, a bit weird, but all right. And then there's like a big picture of the mother, isn't there, in there? And she's and they're sort of looking at her and basically like, basically say she looks like a stone cold bitch. She looks horrible in that picture. And then she's basically like, yeah, she wasn't great. And then she takes her to the library and they've got this massive like elaborate library and shows her these. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically on the edge of the book is a hidden picture when you sort of tilt the pages. Yeah, um, like a the perspective is warped when you look straight at it, but when you yeah, look at it, yeah, yeah, it's like hidden art. I feel like that was like a Victorian thing, and and sometimes they were like naughty pictures, weren't they, and stuff like that. Because like <laughs> Victorians were always like, ooh, awkward. Yeah, I think she does. She's is this when she starts kind of questioning what's happened between her and Thomas at this point? She's basically like, have you had sex with each other? And she's like, no. And I was yeah. like, that's a really weird question to ask. 
Especially for inappropriate. a sibling to someone who's married. It's inappropriate, it's like, isn't it? Just Yeah, just live your own lives and don't be like weird incest twins. <laughs> weird incest twins. Yeah, I know exactly. Just, we cut back to America. And Alan is suspicious at this point because he's finding out that all the assets of the uh, of Edith are being liquidated, mm. and and the and the funds are being transferred to her. And he's like, "No, I don't like this. It's weird." And then he yeah. finds the check stub for Thomas Sharp, which his dad had written for him to get lost. So he's he's kind of like, "I don't trust this. I'm on the case," kind of thing. Edith's wandering around this horrible mansion and finds the room of moths. This would be the... Well, I say this would be the final straw. I think I'd have been out of there before. But if I'd have found the room I, of moths... Hell, I, I wouldn't have even had a first straw. I, it, hole in the roof, I'm off. I wouldn't have even seen the straws. Never it, mind reach the final if one. If I'd have wandered into a room full of moths, I'd have lost my shit. I don't like moths at all. <laughs> It reminded me of the horrible moth room in Silence of the Lambs. It was equally Did as gross. Watched that? Yeah. What was the moth room? In his basement, because he was putting the caterpillars in people's mouths. Oh, yeah. And he had that yeah. horrible moth room, yeah. Yeah, So I she, she hears, she starts to hear, like, wailing and sort of crying in the house, and she's like, oh, that's weird. And she finds Tom's workshop in the attic and he's like, I used to carve toys and trinkets for Lucille. The parents weren't really around a lot. They used to do a lot of travelling to earn the fortune. And then uh, she's like, oh, you're so different from everyone, Thomas. Oh, you're so great. And they have oh, like... you're such a wonderful weirdo. And then have put... They make out Victorian style because there's just layers of clothes everywhere. It's a handshake. It's kind of... Yeah, it's weird, but it's yeah. funny. Touch, then, touch a, someone's wrist. Yeah. Uh, Point at an ankle. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, they hear a noise and it's Lucille with the dog and she's like, oh, don't mind me. And then she's like, let's all have tea. I'm going to make tea for everyone. And uh, I can't remember what she says it is, but it's not actual tea. It's some kind of other weird tea. And she drinks yeah, it. Yeah, it's got a weird name. Yeah, she drinks it and she's like, that's not very nice. Yeah. And then they're like, you'll get used to it, it'll be fine. And then it cuts to her waking up in bed. Because I was like, have they roofied her or something? Because it was like cutting away that she drank the tea, she was unconscious and then woke up in bed. But I don't know if that was actually the case. And she wakes up to the dog barking, the dog's going absolutely mad. And then uh, she she sort of goes to investigate with some candles. And this is like a proper like gothic horror scene. Like she's creeping through the yeah. house with the candles. She goes to investigate. Imagine if it was done today, it'd be like the torch of your iPhone. <laughs> yeah, it would, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely would. some of the romance of the It's not quite the same, is it? We? Yeah, it's not quite yeah. the same. So she she ends up getting to this cupboard and the, she thinks the dog's in the cupboard. Because she's like, how have you got yourself in there, you stupid dog? What are you doing? But opens the cupboard and I think it slams shut again, doesn't it? And she's like, oh, that's a bit weird. But then the dog is sat behind her and she's like, oh, you are there. That's weird. So then she opens up again and she finds this like box full of like recording cylinders yeah. for the gramophony thing. I can't remember what it's called. But then she, I think the lift, the lift comes to that floor, doesn't it? That lift is like, oh, the damp's got into the electric. It's got a mind of its own. I'm like, that lift is a death trap. That, that is, if you didn't get killed ugh. by the siblings, you'd get killed by that horrible lift. Mm-hmm. 
Honestly. I know, it's dreadful. I was like, no wonder they were in America. Anything to get away from this house. And then they see this ghost and it starts like dragging itself along the floor. It's really creepy. Oh, yeah. And it's this like oh. red, red clay. And it's, but there's, there's always bits where like it's dripping off, off them, but it's going upwards instead of down. Yeah. It's, it's really strange. Um, it's really like strange. Yeah. yeah. I mean, visually, it was horrific, but the skill in creating it and the, mm. the imagination gone into it was really, really good. Yeah. It's very, um, yeah. um it's very way. reminiscent of Mama. Like the ghost in Mama looks like that. Like the the face is all kind of contorted and weird. Yeah. I'm not seeing Mama, and I don't know if I will. Mm, pretty good. But she, yeah, she she runs because at first I was like, has she left that teeny tiny dog to be like attacked by this ghost? Yeah. But then it turns out she didn't. She gets in the lift with the dog, and she Good. goes... She's a person of substance if she rescues a dog. I, exactly. I was like, thank God, the I, dog's I, I fine. I can't live with myself if I abandoned a dog to a terrifying plane. No, I was like, you save that teeny tiny dog, it's only small. Yeah. <laughs> so she she gets in the lift, and she takes it to the bottom where she wasn't meant to go. And it's all these like big vats of clay, which is weird. I don't know why that's there, but it is. And she finds a trunk with an E on it, I think, and finds out that it's somebody called oh, a Nola. There's going to be a body in it. There's going to be a body in it, but there wasn't. <laughs> no, just personal effects. <laughs> so she finds out that this is Enola's uh, stuff, whoever that is. Because at first I wondered if it was the um, the mother's stuff, mm. but it, it isn't. But she, yeah, she, um, I think she goes outside the day after and Tom's testing his machine out his clay mining machine and she's like I need to talk to you and he's like oh I'm busy but yeah what what's uh, what's going on and she's like has anyone ever died in this house and he's like what what do you mean Ooh, and then no. she's like yeah oh, no, any uh, any violent deaths happened and he's like He'd be like, no, oh, not that I know of. Hmm. No, not at all. No not at all. There's been no deaths in this house. A wink. Of I know, right? So he um, he dismisses it and he says something about his hands uh, are sore in the rough now. And he said, "Oh, your father would approve for me now because I've got these like workers' hands." And he basically sort of says, "Like, if this doesn't work, I'm a failure." And then uh, and says, "Oh, you know, win- winter is coming." And then says, you know what, "You're not a failure if your invention doesn't work. You're a failure if you murder people." Yeah, exactly. You're a failure if you don't work. fix the roof of your house. Adjusting it, yeah. <sighs> but you're a failure if you marry people for money and murder them. But he says, really? uh, he says, oh yeah, uh, yeah, you know, it's getting to winter now. And then he says, oh, you'll find out why they call it Crimson Peak. And she's like, what? And he's like, Crimson Peak. And then she's like, oh, oh no, I don't want to be here. In this meantime, Alan is on the case because he's heard nothing from from Edith. And he sort of finds out that basically she's investing all her money into his harebrained flipping mining thing. Mm. And he is suspicious about this last check that was made out. So then he turns to the PI who his dad hired. So then it cuts to Edith sleeping and she has this dream. She wakes up coughing, no Thomas. And then she starts hearing all these noises and then she starts kind of trying to talk to these ghosts and she's like, give me a signal. And she hears a woman screaming. So she heads to the bathroom and there's a ghost in the bath with, I think, a cleaver in her head. Yeah. 
And then basically this ghost is like, get out of here now. And then she's like, his blood will be on your hands. And then she's like, oh my God, this is terrifying. So she goes to get Thomas. And she's like, I've seen a ghost. I'm freaked out. This is horrible. Lucille's like, never mind that. Let's have some tea. Yeah. And then she, yeah, let's have some tea. And then she's like, I would like to leave. I don't like this house. It has no roof. It's got a room of moths and also ghosts everywhere. I don't like it. Thing is, though, it's like, I get it is really, really snowy, but they said... Oh, I would walk. It's, what, half a day's walk to town? Oh, I would walk. walk. I'd be off. I'd be like, right, walk. I'm going. Get the dog. Get wrapped up. Get the dog. Get your boots on. you have to, like, get, out. get someone else's boots, just walk out of there. Yep. I would absolutely have walked. Get a sledge. Get a sledge. sledge. Just, just get a, leave. Get a sledge and get the teeny tiny dog to pull you to town. <laughs> <laughs> mush, mush, come on. Don't have a pack of wolves, but you do have a chihuahua, and that'll come on. Do. Go. <laughs> oh. The dog's paws would be moving, and it would be like, just not going anywhere. <laughs> do you know what she should have oh. done? She should have turned that clay mining thing with the the belt with the buckets on, mm. and sort of somehow turned that into like a caterpillar tread and ridden that out of there. Just put the yeah. black yeah. like horizontal onto the snow. Yeah. Get him going. It'd be like a cat, like, yeah. Way out. Absolutely. And then not only he'd lose his wife and his special... And his machine. And then she could sell the machine when she gets to town, yeah. get the money and get the chuff out of there. Yeah. But, that I mean, it's not that kind of film, really, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, so she she's basically like, I want to get out of here. This is horrible. And they're basically like, this is your home now. There's nowhere else to go. I'd be like, there's always somewhere else to go. I'm off. Well, yeah. So then it, it gets to the, the siblings are having a tete-a-tete with each other. And they're basically like, we're going to go out. She needs some fresh air because she's a bit cooped up. That's the only reason that she's annoyed. And then basically... She's, so she's cooped up and... I'll take it. I'll take her to town theme. with me because I've got to get some parts. Yeah. Mm. So they're basically saying, once you sign these final papers, get it over with. That's it. Get the mines open, and it'll be great. So they uh, they end up going to town, and he picks up these parts that he's got for his machine, and she finds that there's some letters for her but I'm, I'm not sure if they know fully who she is because she seems to get letters for other people as well i don't know if they're like oh these are just letters for allardale hall and yeah and that's like, it yeah, you know she got the one from italy and the, yeah and she's like, I don't know anyone from italy yeah and i was like well with respect miss you do i don't know anyone from italy but i'm gonna read it anyway so alan's still on the case and then he starts talking to this pi and he's found this paper like clipping thing of murder at Allerdale Hall. And then they find out that Tom is already married. Dun, dun, dun. So... I thought it was going to be like he's married to his sister. But ew. it wasn't... Yeah. It was, yeah. But you wouldn't be surprised with a weird No, that's pair. true. That's very true. So they decide to stay over in town because the weather's quite bad and it's getting late. And, and basically, let's face it, this uh, inn place is a lot nicer than the house much nicer and then she's like let's leave the house the house is awful let's just start somewhere else start afresh and it'll be great and i feel like he is kind of on board with this because he seems to genuinely have feelings for her Mm. and then uh, then they have victorian sexy time which is a lot of layers again layers 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 (laughs) 
Very crazy. Then uh, the day after they go back to Allerdale Hall and it's very, very heavy snow. And she's like, Lucille, we're back, we're back, blah, blah, blah. But she's nowhere to be seen. There's a pot on the stove of porridge and it's burning. And then she comes in and she's like, where were you? And she's like, oh, we're snowed in, so uh, we stayed. And she's really, really annoyed. Like, more annoyed than she should be. And she's like, I was frantic. And then she's like, yeah. you two alone in, in the storm. You could have had an accident, but that's not really what oh, she's on about, is goodness. it? God forbid a married couple be alone without his sister. I know. I mean... It's just weird, isn't it? So <laughs> she was like, I was frantic and, and you get, but like Jessica Chastain is so good in this because you get that kind of She's flip. really good, isn't she? Yeah. Because she's very convincing as a horrible lady and I'm sure she isn't. Yeah, she gets that like flip of, of, of sort of mood and she like slams that mm. porridge down and she's really mad. I mean, she slammed it. I, it was, um, yeah, she's just good at being creepy. Yeah. So she, um, she's like, I was all alone. I can't be alone. And then she's like, it's tea time. Let's have more tea. She's obsessed with tea. And then uh, Edith manages to get a key from the from her like keychain thing. Yeah. And she's got the letters which she sort of hides to herself. And then she she goes sort of upstairs to read these letters. And there's one for her that's she need they need a signature for the rest of her assets to be transferred. And then there's another letter for Enola. So she's like, ooh. And then she finds out that this this key that she's got will open this trunk that she's found in the in the like basement area of this house. Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. So... It cuts to Tom's outside working on his machine and then you get this, like, he's walking in the snow but the footprints are red because of the clay. Yeah. It looks really cool. I love it. It's great. It is a good effect. It's so it? creepy. So she opens this trunk and she finds a gramophone and um, in three, I think, like, three sort of like envelopes full of stuff, aren't they? And one's, yeah. one's from London, one's from Edinburgh and one's from Milan, which is where... The dad said he went to go get funds from. Yeah. So she's like, hmm, that's a bit weird, mm. isn't it? And then uh, she she kind of starts looking at these big vats and has a, like, poke around in it to see if there's anything in it because I feel like she's quite suspicious at this point. When she went over to that, <laughs> uh, the play thing, mm. I was like, don't put your hand in it. She like she was going to just reach in. Why did she use the stick? She did get a stick, yeah. I was like, ugh. Some Never know what you're finding there. stick. Yeah. So she she sort of has a little poke round in it, but she doesn't find anything. And then she 
walks off, but then you see like the ghost. Oh, she stayed an extra ten seconds. Yeah, the the like the ghost sort of appears, so you can obviously see oh. like something's happened in there. They've been dumped in there, and it's not good. Tom is joyous because his machine is working. Lucille's feeling a bit put out because uh, her brother's happily married. She doesn't like yeah. it, and I think she she says something about going to get some coal. She needs some coal and she needs to get a key or something. And she's looking at her mm. keys, isn't she? And she sees that one's missing. Yeah. So then she decides to go look for Edith and she hides all the stuff under this chair and hides the key and acts casual. I think she, like, pretends that she was asleep, like, in the chair. And she's she's like, oh. so good at, yeah. in an instant, pretending to be I'd asleep. be so flustered. She, she be like, oh. made it by seconds each time. Yeah. She did it really well. I'd be so flustered. Um, and she's like, oh, Edith, you're here. And then she's like, yeah, just... She sort of wakes up and she's like, I don't feel very well. Can you get me a glass of water, please? So she goes to get her a glass of water and in that meantime, she puts the key back on her key chain thing, doesn't she? Genius. Yeah. So she... Yeah, so she does that and has a sort of little drink. And then Lucille leaves but looks at the keys and sees that the key is back. So she knows yeah. that she's had that key. So she's like, no, she knows. There's a bit of um, there's a bit of nighttime sleuthing because she gets that box of recordings. Now she's got the gramophone, so she can listen to them. Apparently, an interesting fact: so Benedict Cumberbatch was originally cast as Thomas, but had to well, leave that would the project. Work as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, he had to leave the project for some reason. So then uh, Tom Hiddleston did it, and I think he was because I think they're kind of friends, and he was like, "Do you mind if I do it?" And he was like, "No, no, like you're my mate, like." get on with it kind of thing so but i feel like he could have been quite good as well so she uh she she looks at starts looking at these documents and one of them's of pamela upton and one of them's margaret mcdermott and and it's all kind of land deeds and and assets and stuff like that and then she's like they basically want my money that's what they want and then so she decides that she's what does she do? Oh, she's listening to the she's listening to one of those roll things, and and it's this woman who uh, is like, they want my money. I'm gonna hide these in the linen cupboard. So if I go missing and somebody finds them, uh, they're gonna know what yeah. they've done. So basically, she's like, they did it, and basically says that you can hear her coughing, which is like what Edith was doing, and she's like, the poisoning me, the poisoning into the putting poison in my tea, I think. And that's how... I knew that tea was done. Iasnic poisoning. It was such a popular thing for... And, and it was more... It was very, like, a woman thing to do. Like, that's how women killed people. Mm. Yeah. Horrible. What a horrible you thing can, to I do. I think you can tell if if someone's had it by the colour of the nails, I think, when they die. There's, like, a... Right. I think you get, like, a mark on your nails that, that indicates it, apparently. Yeah. So... She's she decides that she's gonna run outside and get the hell out of there, but she can't because there's so much snow it's ridiculous. Yeah. And at this point she's basically coughing up a lung. She's not well at all. She's coughing up blood and all sorts. So then she she wakes up in bed and Lucille found her and she's like, I think I need a doctor. I don't feel very well. And then she says that oh, I tended mother in this bed. Father was a brute, he broke her leg and she was bedridden and I cared for her and I fed her and all this lot, I made her better. I'll do the same for you. And then Tom comes in and says, can I have a moment alone with my wife please? And then she leaves. He's brought 
a wheelchair in and then i think he said does he say to does he tell her not to drink the tea or does she say it she's like don't drink the tea something like that so then he ends up leaving to have a word with lucille and he's like she's dying like there's no bones about it it's terrible and then uh, she says oh well she stopped drinking the tea so i started putting it in a porridge she will take that poison (laughs) whether she likes it or not because it just like I know it's a film and it's meant to yeah. like disturb you, but I was like, what a horrible woman! She How is a piece she of work. So horrible. I know. Just so why? you can tell that she she she's like she's kind of the mastermind behind it, and he's kind of having second yeah, thoughts. He's basically like just the, the face of the yeah, because like he's a good-looking he's just a, guy, a dandy at, who does her bidding. Yeah, basically. So. um Yes, he he's having second thoughts and he's like, do we really need to kill her? Like, is this necessary? And then she's basically saying, we've come too far now. If uh, I go down, you're going down with me and we're going to get hanged. So we need to carry on and, and get rid of this evidence kind of thing. And then he and he's sort of like, I really don't want to do this. And this meantime, um, Alan is in England and he's going to Allerdale Hall because he is a good guy and he's going to save her. She... She's still in bed. She's really, really sick. Like she's coughing up blood. Yeah. Um. And she, she, she's basically she is dying at this point. And she hears a baby crying and sees this ghost again with a baby this time. Mm. And it's Enola. What do you want? And she's crying. And then she, she, she kind of doesn't really know what's going on. And she's like, "What, what do you want from me?" Kind of thing. And then she sort of ends up sort of wandering around and she ends up in the moth room again and she can hear Lucille singing. So she's like, oh, follow what that noise is. Mm-mm, not a good idea. So she uh, follows the noise and ends up going to, I'm assuming it's Lucille's room, to basically yeah. incest. Incest is happening. And then she's like, oh, gross, that's horrible. And basically runs away crying. Oh well, yeah, it is horrible. And then, uh, so she comes out and she's like, well, it's all out in the open now, so, you know, we've poisoned you, we're incest, this is all happening. And then they hear a knock at the door, which kind of puts her off. And then uh, Lucille throws her from the balcony. Apparently, Mia Wachowski, I think that's her name, did her own balcony stunt. Oh, really? Mm, she did. Cool. Yeah. So, so well, yeah. So, I mean, the floor might not be that like hard to land on if it's soaked with clay. If anything, it'd be a soft landing. Be a very soft Squidgy landing. Squidgy floor. <laughs> yeah. Just the land of a little. That's probably why she survived. <laughs> so she wakes up to Alan and she's like, "Alan, Alan, you hear?" And he's like, "Um, I've sedated you. I've set your leg because you broke your leg a little bit, but you'll be fine." And then he sort of he's sort of saying, you know. It's fine, you're looking after you, fine. And then she she's delirious at this point because she's half dead from arsenic poisoning and she's like, she spoke yeah. to me. She spoke, my mum said, she said, don't go to Crimson Peak. And then and then she's like, I think they're like, do you want some tea? And she's like, I don't want any tea. No, no to the tea. And then uh, they're like, oh, Arthur, won't you stay? And then he's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then he's like, can I have a moment alone with my patient, please? So they leave. And then he's basically like, I'm here to get you out of here. We're leaving. I don't trust him. This is bad. Well, no. I don't think you should. Yeah. So in this meantime, Lucille gets an ice pick 
and is talking to Thomas and is basically saying, whose turn is it this time? Is it my turn or is it your turn? And he's just like, I really don't want to do this anymore. Like, I'm kind of done with this now. No, Lucille's an absolute creep. She needs to go. She's a crazy person. So uh, Alan is checking her out and he's like, right, I'm going to get you a coat. We're going. And then they're kind of like, hey, uh, Alan, where are you going? What are you doing? And then he's like, uh, we're going to a hospital because she's clearly not well and her leg is broken. She's just fallen from a balcony. Just she's just fall- from a balcony. She's fallen from a balcony and also excessive arsenic poisoning. She's not doing great. Yeah. Like, oh, um, excuse me, where do you think you're going? Maybe he... we poisoned your friend. Yeah, he basically says, you've been poisoning her. I know what you've been doing. I'm not having this. And then... Yeah. And he says, oh, Lady Lady Sharp was murdered in this house, but there was no convictions because the only two people in the house were the two children. I wonder who did it. Oh, I wonder. I and then wonder. he's like, oh, and also... Like that. He's like, yeah, and uh, old Tom went to boarding school. Where did you go? Institution. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, and also... Oh, and also, I know that Tom is already married, so we are leaving right now. The fact that he's already married isn't exactly the main issue. It's just I feel one like of that's just the of issues. Yeah, I know that's like the least of the problems. So he goes to get her to leave, but she stabs him in the shoulder. So he's not doing mm. great. And then it, and then she's basically saying to Tom to finish the job. So then he kind of walks up to him and he sort of says, "You're a doctor. Show me where to do it." where it's not going to kill you, basically. So he, like, does it yeah. in, in his side, doesn't he? Yeah. So but then... The, the thing is, it's like there's three of them. Why can't they stand up to Lucille if Tom Hiddleston... Punch her in the face! Yeah! Yeah, exactly. But then she's I guess, not... like, Edith's poisoned, so she's not at full capacity either. No. Yeah. But the two grown men... Well, I suppose one of them's just been... They maybe don't want to smack like a woman. ...dictating events, and it's like, tell her to go. Get out! <laughs> so... He ends up taking him to the cellar and he's like, I'm going to go get Lucille. I'm putting a stop to this. You stay down here. Be ready. Try not to die. <laughs> so yeah. she, yeah, so so basically we get this kind of big confession of Lucille now. And she's like, yeah, all the women had money. They had no relatives. So no one really went looking for them. So, you know, it was pretty easy. But then it kind of comes out because she says something about a baby. She's like, well, what about this woman's baby and she's like well it wasn't her baby it was my baby because obviously it was an incest baby and uh, she tried to save it but couldn't save it obviously because you're not meant to procreate with your family genetically it is bad so genetically and (laughs) it's icky it's just icky don't do it it's just weird so so then she's like edith's like why and then she's like, well, you know, the man marriages were for money. The horror was for love. So basically, like, she was jealous of these women because they were with her brother, who she was in love with, which is yeah. kind of sad and it's creepy. Like, Why don't you live your own life? You yeah. And then she's like, I always protected him from from mother because she used to, like, give out beatings and I took the beatings for him. And, mm. and then basically it was, it was kind of their only realised how to depend on each other and it kind of developed into this weird sort of, like, incestuous... Yeah. Like I get it, obviously. Yeah. They've had a very challenging life, but... Yeah. But even so, no. no. Just Don't no. Don't murder people. 
happened. And then she, like, he just like, yeah, you, you know, you, you're suffocating him. He can't have his own life because of you and you're just ruining his life, basically. She ends up signing these papers and then uh, she... Um, she ends up, I feel like she ends up stabbing Lucille and manages to like escape and then Tom comes to he sets fire to the papers because in the end he's like I don't want this money anymore I don't want to do this anymore I'm out well yeah he does have a, a, a like a glimpse of humanity at this stage well, uh, this is the thing I think the whole story is about his redemption basically and it's his arc yeah. of, of the thing so she yeah they end up all going outside Oh, no, they don't, yeah. No, he burns these papers and basically says, we can just start afresh. Let's stop doing this. Let's leave. But she's obviously that jealous and angry with him. She stabs him in the shoulder and in the cheek, which really got me. It was horrible. Right in the cheek. So he dies. So Lucille's killed him, but then realises that she's killed him and she's absolutely devastated because she's killed, like, a brother and the love of her life, basically. It's horrible. It's really sad. And then, you know what? I have no sympathy. <laughs> I have a bit of sympathy because I feel like it is a bit sad. So then she well, goes, she goes full psycho then and decides that she's going to kill Edith. I think she, Edith, ends up going to the the cellar where all the vat things are, and she finds Alan. And then uh, the basically like we're getting out of here. So she uh, she ends up coming in as Lucille, and she's like, oh, um, before they put me away, I kept a souvenir from Mother. And she lifts this stone up in the floor and there's that big cleaver that was in her head. And I was like, oh no. So then um, she manages to climb up the mining machine to get outside. And they kind of have this like... Yeah, they kind of have this like cat and mouse sort of thing where they're sort of hiding behind the machines. And she, uh, I think she like, she cleaves her hair and like cuts a bit of her hair off at one point because it's like really close to her head. She, um... She goes to, I think there's a bit where she goes to stab Lucille, but she grabs the knife by the blade and pulls it out of her hand. But like oh. while the knife's in her, in her hand, it's yeah. really horrible. But she's basically saying, I won't stop. She was like, I will not stop until you're dead, basically. So she's like, oh no, what am I going to do? So Lucille wants to murder her yep. because Edith interfered with her plans to murder her. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It's like... It's unreasonable, oh, isn't it? I didn't want you to murder them, and that's made you so annoyed you're going to murder them anyway. It's unreasonable, isn't it? So offended that someone didn't want to be murdered, that she so, murdered them. Yeah, so she she's at this point, she's like, help me, somebody help me. But then you realise that she's talking to Tom, who is now a ghost, and he yeah, appears. I didn't realise it was him, but I was like... Oh, with it, the it, mark in his so cheek, and the, like, yeah. the blood's like flowing yeah. upwards, and it's all weird. So he's there. She, I think she like turns around and she's like, oh my God, like, uh, what's going on? And then uh, Edith basically smacks her in the face and caves her head in with a shovel. So then she's dead. Yeah. And then she kind of has this like moment with ghost Tom. Who's, and she's like, thanks for saving me kind of thing. They don't say anything. She just kind of touches his face and then he disappears. Mm. And then it goes back to the shot of the start where she was obviously stood outside in this bit and she's like, yeah. ghosts are real, this much I know. And then she, you see like a, a sort of long shot of her leaving Allerdale with Alan. So Alan survives, thank God. Oh, I'm glad Alan survived. And there's, oh, people, there's people coming towards them to meet them because I think he must have contacted somebody about well, he, them. Well, he asked the, the guy, you know that guy who was like, you can't go on a tired horse. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he recruited them to yeah. 
Finish well done, it. Alan. Good lad. And then it, and then it sort of a, a they're they're leaving, and then it's kind of like a sweeping shot through the house that's just basically shot at. I and was hoping at this point that it would just rapidly collapse and just got, sink. Yeah, like collapsing yeah. on itself. And it's and it's hit. It's Edith's sort of voiceover about how things tie them to a place. It could be a death, it could be an emotion, it could be... And it's like how people like leave a fingerprint of, of them there and it cuts through the house to the piano and Lucille's in there, like as a ghost, playing the piano. And then it just finishes. And I was like, that is so sad because their sort of, their sort of misdemeanour has now basically killed them both and now they are destined to be stuck in that house forever. Together. Together. And then he's yeah. going to be like, you stabbed me, bitch. Why? It's really sad. It's, yeah, it, it is sad. I mean, I'm glad that Edith um, survived. Yeah. But I'm also like, well, they were creeps. They were creeps. They were creeps. But I feel like he, he does kind of redempt himself a bit. He does redeem himself, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel, but like, he redeemed himself by not doing it in the in the first the first time his sister was like, You should get married and bring her here and, and we'll kill her. And then we'll kill her. He should have been like, Not a chance. You need psychiatric care. And also, hey, let's be incest be- together. No, let's not. It's weird. No. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the it's like she was saying when she was writing the ghost story. She said it. It's not a ghost story. It's a story that happens to have ghosts in it. Like the ghosts are incidental. Yeah. It's more about the relationships of other people, which is quite interesting. Which is kind of like what a gothic horror is, kind of thing. You know. Yeah. And and sort of it's the danger of holding on to the past and how that can kind of ruin your life. It's really interesting. I liked it. Yeah, I suppose if you look at it that way, holding on to the past is yeah like hold like say if you use the metaphor of that situation mm-hmm. where someone's past experiences become toxic and it infects their future relationships, that yeah. is a valid point because stuff like that can happen. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's just in a really really gothic setting. In a gothic setting, beautiful, loved it. Yeah. I would give it a five out of five review. I think Garwise probably yeah. a three. Just for that guy getting his head caved in. That was horrible. What was horrible? The guy getting his head caved in on the sink. Oh, oh, I really didn't like that. That was gory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Humour probably a one, because it's not really funny. Not funny. Not that funny. Can't really find the humour. There's no... Yeah, not funny. Not really. It's a gothic horror. It's not really funny. (laughs) It's not meant to be funny. But yeah, I, I like it. I think it's good. I feel like he... Uh, I like his kind of style and, and aesthetic, and I do like the, the sort of interesting stories that he does tell. Yeah, he's it's really intriguing. good at what he... I think the the thing with this film is, like, you couldn't fault the quality, mm-hmm. but I also found it infuriating because she didn't get out and because yeah. um, Lucille and Tom were horrible. Yeah. But then it's a film. If it didn't have that sort of... It kind of relies on people making those bad choices, doesn't it? The film wouldn't... It'd be like a five-minute short about how she had a near miss. But then I think a lot of... I mean, it's probably easy to do. Like, people do fall in love with people and they con them. And, you know, it's probably not a... It's not an unusual tale, really. It has happened. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which is scary. That's worse, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I know, right, yeah. But, yeah, overall, I think a good... Good solid, good solid watch. Yeah. Yeah. But next next week we're going slightly less serious because I feel like we need something light. Yeah. <laughs> so next week we're gonna do Halloween two. 
It's amazing. What's that? I've not heard. Is that Jamie Lee Curtis? The sequel to Halloween, yeah. Halloween part two. It's uh, Donald Pleasant's Madness. I love it. Oh, he is. He is. He's turned up to an 11 on this one. It's amazing. (laughs) I shot him six times. He basically just runs around saying, I shot him six times. That's it. It's brilliant. He's great. He is great. I love him. We need to watch Phenomena. Yeah, he's what's in, that? It's a Dario Argento film, and it's a whodunit, but it's a girl who can communicate with insects. Oh, that sounds cool. It's weird, but awesome. That sounds good, though. It's good, yeah. It's on the list. I'm very excited. <laughs> that sounds interesting. Mm. That sounds curious. Yeah. So, next week, watch Halloween 2. And in the meantime, we are on Facebook at Wonderful and Strange. We are on Twitter at WNS Horror Pod, And we are also on the emails at wonderfulandstrange at hotmail.com. And we are also on Buy Me A Coffee. If anyone would like to keep us caffeinated, chuck us some pennies. Yeah, good times. <laughs> and that is at well, WNS we Horror Pod. We? we always need caffeine. We need to be yeah. caffeinated. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe and have a nice week. Start your day right with daily immune support plus extra strength 5-hour energy. It contains all the great 5-hour energy shot ingredients plus added vitamins and nutrients like zinc, vitamin D3, and vitamin C to help support the immune system. It comes in three great flavors, ultra orange, pineapple apricot, and pink watermelon. All this comes in a convenient portable bottle that takes just seconds to drink. No mixing required. Daily immune support plus extra strength 5-hour energy. Get it today at your local Rite Aid store. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or re-hung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.